Hello, hello. Hey up, what's up, what's good? Que cosa sucede? Ni hao, pubiet. Welcome to the Any Given Runway Show. I'm your host, Randall Carlton Green. Any Given Runway celebrates the exploration of new cultures by highlighting some of the most interesting, intellectual, and artistic people in the world. Everyone has a story. Each person a scholar. We have a wonderful show for you today with an incredibly delightful guest, an ambassador for nature, an advocate for getting out and exploring the outdoors, and a nature maven. Karen Schroeder joins the show. Karen loves the outdoors. She feeds off the doors, and it's probably safe to say she's addicted to the outdoors. She flourishes when she is able to explore in nature, and her passion for hiking mountainous landscapes is unmatched. The former Arizona State Sun Devil is currently living in Colorado, which is one of the greatest places on earth for nature lovers. She is backpacked all across the world and has taken some unrivaled photographs along the way. She has an endless curiosity for alpine environments, and she's quite a bit of an adventurer. Because of that, I knew she would make a great guest for the show. On today's episode, Karen talks about how growing up in Arizona first kickstarted her adoration for hiking. Karen also chats about what it was like on her adventurous trek to Norway. And finally, Karen discusses how outdoor explorers can minimize their impact while conserving our precious forests and alpine landscapes. Karen was such a blast to chat with. We need more Karens in the world because of her appreciation for the outdoors. And she goes on to talk a little bit more about that and how she wants to inspire others to explore our earth. Thrilled for everyone to meet her. So let's go and bring on nature ambassador and gifted photographer, Karen Schroeder. And let's learn. You're just a maven when it comes to the outdoors. So when did you first fall in love with being outside and in what ways has that enhanced your life? Uh, definitely started in childhood. My dad would take me out on weekends hiking anywhere. Um, we would hike and camp a little bit when we were on the East Coast, but it really ramped up when I was about 10 and we moved to um, Arizona. And so it was, it was like every Saturday morning we were going on another hike. Um, and so it definitely started with him. Like he got me out there, even though like sometimes in my teen years, I didn't want to. <laughs> Yeah. He would still take me out. Um, and then, of course, like by 15, 16, I was just appreciating it so much more. And then when I had some more independence, I found trail running as being like just a, a gem of a sport. And um, the mountains or the trails out there definitely became like my church. It was where I went a couple times a week just to clear my head. And to this day, that is definitely definitely what I do. <laughs> like Get out on a trail, foot to dirt, whether it's hiking, running, um, biking. And that's like movement at, in the outdoors definitely helps me just recenter, be me. Even when you talk about it, you can see just the light in your eyes tear up. And I know that you're fascinated by everything outdoors. And one thing that you do also is you have these amazing photographs that you've taken. So when you're choosing a location to explore. Do you specifically look for a place for a great photo op or are you just taking it spontaneous as you go and then hoping to find pictures along the way? Um, I will say um, my latest addiction is being above tree line. Mm -hmm. So almost always that will present itself with incredible views. You feel like you're yeah. on top of the world. Which is how many, about 10,000 feet? So 11-ish. 11, 11, okay. Yep. Uh, depending on where you are in the world. But here in Colorado, it's typically 11, 11, two. Um, which, yeah, as soon as you clear that tree line too, you can't, you feel like you can't breathe all of a sudden, but like, it's not like the oxygen's any different from like 
just at that tree line. Um, but typically when you're up that high, like you, you can see forever. Um, I will say like, I've found some little gems in my like day to day or like just the ones in my backyard. Um, those trails have, have some sort of aspect of something beautiful. I like to be up on top of something. So I don't usually seek out trails that go into a gulch and don't offer like a view. Um, but like, I never go out thinking like, okay, this is going to be like the best picture. Um, it, they just, they just pop up because I'm in love with just finding new places and exploring and then being on top of mountains. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel super lucky to be able to see all these beautiful places. Are you summit bagging as well? <laughs> um, no, I'm not. I'm not chasing after all the 14ers out here. Um, I will say, I think they're a little bit over um, trafficked. Um, I came out here 10 years ago and at the time, I mean, I probably did like five or six that first summer I was here and that was so fun. But with the growth out here, um, a lot of people want, they're chasing those summits and um, I don't need to, check them off my list. So um, I've kind of strayed away from 14ers and I've been seeking out 13ers and some lightly trafficked trails. Um, I, I do like to take the pressure off of the trailheads and the trails in general. So, yeah. um, but I do, I do love high mountain <laughs> alpine scenery is definitely my favorite. I know technology has just really enhanced the way people can choose locations and which routes to go. So for you, what technological apps do you use? Um, I upgraded to the all trails subs subscription okay. this year. Um, I hadn't had it before. And so I would seek out trails and then look at the map. And then occasionally if I had service, I could find my route. Um, but no, having, having the ability to download the route is amazing. Um, so I use all trails pretty much exclusively. And that helps me figure out like, how high of a climb it's going to be, like how much vertical it'll be, how many miles. Um, sometimes there are good like uh, waypoints. So, you know, like, oh, this is the turn I need to take. There's a fork. Make sure you don't go down to that waterfall <laughs> or maybe you do go down to that waterfall. Um, so all trails has been my everything and saving grace a lot of times, especially on those lighter traffic trails. Um, or hiking in the early season here when it's really snowy, um, it can help you stay on that route so that you're not putting pressure on wild spaces or getting lost. So yeah. I might need upgrade as well because the last time I used all trails, we went on the backside of Humphreys, so 12,000, and yeah. it took us, the trail was about twice as long as it was listed. So I don't know if we went the wrong way or whatever it may be. Since you're not Summit bagging, do you have a plan or are you just being spontaneous in all your explorations or is it, you know, I want to do X, Y, and Z? How, how are you looking forward long term in your explorations? Like I said, I'm addicted to tree line. Mm -hmm. So um, anything above that is what I'm actively seeking out. The Continental Divide Trail, CDT, is one that I don't aspire to do top to bottom or north to south, south to north. Um, however, the portions that do come through Colorado are spectacular. Um, eventually, I think I'd like to piece together just the Colorado portions of the CDT or maybe like start up in Wyoming and then head down into New Mexico. Um, 
there are some lowland parts of the CDT that can get a little <laughs> dicey, filtering water from cow fields. So that, that doesn't interest me as much as that high alpine. Um, I've done a few segments of the CDT through the summers and um, it would be really cool to be up that high for a few days. Yeah. Well, it sounds like since you're not necessarily trying to check things off a list, it sounds like it's more of a process oriented as opposed to product oriented. You value the journey as, instead of the destination. So it sounds like you just want to make it a lifestyle, not really worry about how many things you're checking off on the boxes. Right. Um, that's definitely it. I've, I live in the city, but uh, the times that I do get to be out and exploring and seeing new places or repeating trails that I've felt connected to, um, you know, just continues to drive my passion of, I love to be moving. I love to be outdoors. I love that fresh air. I love the pounding in the back of your head when you're up at 13,000 feet. Um, and the challenge that that brings. Um, but yeah, that just, just moving in the outdoors and being inspired and it, I mean, it gives me such perspective, like yeah. being up that high or I love a trail that you can see the start when you're up at a summit, like yeah. you can see yeah. how far your body has taken you. I'm always astounded at what my body can do, um, what the human body can do. So having that perspective of thinking, wow, like look how far that looks or, oh, I could just be right there. Um, but it took me seven hours to get up this high, you know, um, pushing our limits and trying to find, I don't know, new places. There are places that are unexplored, but, uh, you know, I like to have a little bit of safety <laughs> there too. So I always carry a compass, um, and make sure that I can find my way. Um, and I've learned, learned the hard way if I'm not prepared like that. So <laughs> you mentioned repeating trails or locations that have a connection to you. So as you look back on your travels and explorations thus far, which are the locations, trails, areas that you have the strongest emotional connection with? I did a, this one I have not repeated yet, but I did a trek in Norway mm. a couple summers ago. And that, that trip um, definitely taught me a lot about respecting mother nature and the elements that that, that brings. Um, I did go out with a compass and a GPS that, uh, but I was finding my way on a map, like a paper map, most days that I was out there. Um, I was out there by myself and basically you hike uh, cabin to cabin. I don't know if you know the, the Norway hut system is quite intricate. It's very cool. You can go for days and days and days out in the backcountry there and you'll never see anybody. Um, or you might see somebody come through the cabins. They're all shared. Yeah. Um, and you can just, they're open. So you just go in and you pay the little registrar. It's like all done paper and pen. Um, and yeah, you can, you can feel pretty far away from anyone, um, which I did end up seeing a few people on that trip, but um, yeah, it, it was miraculous. I would, I would repeat that and do it better. <laughs> the next time, uh, the, the cab driver that dropped me at the trailhead, she said, yeah, people don't usually trek in this weather. You should be careful. And it was like low hanging clouds and kind of drizzly. And I was like, oh no, like I've been up 13ers and 14ers. I'm fine. Like this is, this isn't going to climb more than like 3000 feet. Which is good. 
Um, but there, there was no visibility. I couldn't find the trail. There wasn't really a trail. It was kind of just like you found these little markers along the way. Um, so day one was, I, I had to plan to get myself out of it if I couldn't find that first cabin. So <laughs> taught me a lot. <laughs> Scotland has a similar system as well. You mentioned that while you were in Norway, it really enhanced your appreciation of nature. In a lot of ways, you're an ambassador for all the outdoors. And I think one of the frustrating things when it comes to exploration outdoors is when you see littering, poor manners, just bad etiquette from other explorers. So what are some ways that we can make a positive difference while we hike, while we explore the outdoors? And what are some of the behaviors that really, really, really irk you? Um, so I typically, I mean, I do follow Leave No Trace. Yeah. So um, the seven principles of making sure you're planned and prepared, leave what you find, um, respect wildlife, carry out your waste. All of those rules apply to anybody who's in any outdoor space, whether it's a park, um, just walking around on the sidewalk or out on a trail in the backcountry. But I will say the higher trafficked um, trails of the Front Range and of, of a lot of Colorado now I'm noticing a lot more um, human waste as far as like even just little wrappers, bottle caps. Um, people are going out ill-prepared, so they just have like a, a disposable water bottle and they'll leave it somewhere if it's empty. So just making sure that we're all packing out what we bring in. Um, but like that, that preparation piece is huge, knowing that you're about to take on a, a 14er. I mean, I've seen people on 14ers with just a 16 ounce bottle of water. Um, and I, I have spoken up and I've said, you know, this is, this is a really long trail, I think. And they're in like vans or not um, proper footwear. It's like, you know, there's, there's snow up at the top. There's some ice. I, I'm not entirely sure you'll have enough track, like trying to delicately suggest may, maybe you could put yourself in an unsafe situation right now if you continue. Um, but I, I, I get nervous to speak up and, and call somebody out. So I try to do it delicately, try to lead by example, um, picking up things if I see them. But yeah, I would say the waste. Um, and then the last principle is be considerate of others. So, um, you know, yielding, using the trail rules, um, like mountain bikers, horses, everybody yields to horses. They're bigger than you anyway. Um, <laughs> but following those, um, those guidelines. And then also like hooting and hollering really gets me. Hmm. That one really gets me. Um, so being considerate of others and respecting wildlife. So, I mean, we are visitors in these wild spaces. So um, if we are out there just being like, woo woo and like yelling things, I mean, it's great to get excited and like, hoot, but um, people that are doing some excessive noise making in, in the wild, uh, could definitely disturb not just humans, but animals and wildlife that you might be able to see if you were, if you were quiet and kind of just observing. Yeah. Um, but I am all for, like, I love running down a trail and just being like, whoa, <sighs> like getting out that like excitement. Uh, but I have come across a few groups of hikers that are kind of making some noise that maybe impeded my experience on that trail in that particular way. You mentioned respecting the wildlife. We're visitors there. So have you had any memorable animal experiences, animal encounters through your travels? <laughs> yeah. Um, 
the I would say the most terrifying one. Luckily, no mountain lions. I have seen a mountain lion from afar, but mm. no like scary, uh, scary moments with mountain lions. A moose. I was uh, trail running one morning, and I know the risks of like dawn or dusk. There can be a number of wildlife out, uh, but this particular morning there were three moose. Uh, one was like a like I would consider a teenager, kind of an adolescent moose he like walked off the trail no big deal like ducked behind a log looked up it's super cute um didn't didn't want anything to do with me but as i was running i got in between a male and his female and i didn't know that she was up a hill and the male this adult male was was looking pretty haggard <laughs> so he had like he was shedding some of his his antler stuff so it looked like it was dangly and like kind of bloody and he turned on a dime and I started to back away. Uh, but that was toward his female. He didn't like that. So he stomped his foot and then he did charge me and I made the mistake of, um, making my voice low, which that to them is a challenge. Like I puffed my chest and he would puff his chest back, which I learned obviously as he was charging at me that that was not the right thing to do. Um, and as he was charging, I screamed like at a very high pitch cause I was terrified and that seemed to deter him. Uh, and he just ran toward his female at that point and I sprinted away. So <laughs> got out of that one unscathed, great. Um, but learned my lesson. What an unforgettable moment, but I'm just confused. Is it moose? Is it three or three of them? Or is it meese or is it three mooses? What do we, what do we say? Yeah, mooses, mooses. <laughs> The jury's out on that. Right? Yeah, who knows? <laughs> One of the things you're passionate about is providing your students access to outdoor spaces. So it's a passion of yours. Can you tell me more about that and why it's important to you? So I work with um, like low-income families. My, mm -hmm. my school is a Title I school. And um, what I was realizing working with, I've been there about eight years now, that very few of them take or are able or have access to the trails that are 10 minutes away from us. Um, and so I found a way to provide my students with opportunities to get out on the trails um, for a pretty minimal cost for the school. So for us, all it cost us was um, setting up, so a lot of pre-planning, a bus, that's just the main cost, and it was approximately like 120, I think, a bus. Um, and that would get my kids out to a trail. And then I just set up a lot of volunteers and we went out in groups. And uh, this was obviously before COVID kind of impacted us, but um, I found a sustainable way for us to do that and, and budget for that each year. So my goal moving forward is to continue that. So every third grader and every fifth grader at my school will have the opportunity to go on a hike at least once a year. And the impact that the impact that I had on my students, like getting them out there, watching them interact with nature and respect nature. We did so much work around Leave No Trace prior to, to leaving, talking about being prepared, being responsible with their packs. Like they all brought what they needed. So making sure they had enough water and snacks and a lunch and caring for the environment while they were there. Um, the only thing I will say that they <laughs> struggled with was they were so excited that they 
they were hooting and hollering or like, oh my gosh, look at that. They were just so loud and boisterous because they were so excited. Um, but we had conversations around perseverance and you know that hiking is, is walking uphill. So there will be parts where it's hard, um, but the things that you get to experience and see will be so worth it. And the conversations I had with my students while we were hiking, um, of course I was like running laps around the trail trying to like find everybody. Um, it was, I, I cried multiple times. I'm so passionate about the outdoors myself and to see these city kids or these suburban kids um, kind of like out on the trail and in a new place and growing more comfortable with it through that hike. Um, by the time they left, they just, none of them seemed uncomfortable or like hindered by anything. They were just so pumped and they, every kid was asking to do it again. So to get my kids to a trail was absolutely like the most <laughs> impactful thing for myself and to see it through their eyes. Um, so I hope being back with COVID kind of spreading out a little bit, hopefully being better. Uh, we'll continue that, that program and get my kids out. That's fantastic. Such a remarkable program because I know that I didn't get into the outdoors till later in life. And who knows, had I been exposed to it earlier, could have changed so many ways. Absolutely. What do you feel is the biggest lesson you've learned from the last year? Uh, be adaptable mm. and flexible. Nothing is ever going to go as you planned. Um, and then being content because I, I take I have my summers and I oftentimes travel during my summers far, far away. Um, and COVID has made me stay here and explore more of my backyard, which Colorado, the four corners alone has so much to offer. Um, I love exploring what is accessible by car. So just driving and getting to, see, you get to see more and it makes you slow down and be content with just where everything is. And this is, this is what was in the cards for, for 2020 and 2021. So I do have that travel bug for sure. Um, but I have some plans in the works that'll, that'll satisfy that. And I love seeing what we have here. It's gorgeous. I mean, we have such a diverse country. Being content. It's been a lesson that several guests of the show have mentioned as you were exploring local, was there anything that you were pleasantly surprised of that you're like, wow, I can't believe I've always passed over this and this is way better than I imagined? <laughs> yeah, there are, there are quite a few um, trails that I just didn't give, give a chance, give a shot to. Just thinking, oh, like these are, there are two um, mesas um, that sit in Golden. And there are some trails that I had never checked out on the mesas because I'm like, oh, it's just just these mesas, whatever. Um, but they end up leading you to these cliff drop-offs where you get this amazing view, golden. <laughs> I had never given them a chance until COVID kind of kept you really local. And even, even going from Denver to Golden um, wasn't okay for a little while. Like we weren't supposed to be crossing counties. And so then I was exploring more of my local parks and tried to learn how to rollerblade, tried, did not succeed. With technology and with returning to routes that you've done and, and routes that you enjoy, 
what do you love most about routes that are new, that are uncertain, where you don't know what's over the next hill, don't know what's over the horizon? What do you enjoy about the uncertainty that hiking brings in new locations? And then how does your mindset change? I think, uh, yeah, when you're getting out on something unfamiliar, there's a little bit more nerves that go along with it. You don't know what you're going to experience. And then also, I think adrenaline for me uh, pumps a little bit, a little bit higher when I don't know what I'm about to experience. Or um, I took a trip to the Utah desert and I wasn't prepared for how absolutely stunning some of the places were like Capitol Reef National Park, Bryce Canyon. I had seen pictures and was like, oh, this is going to be cool. I cried tears of joy every day on a trail out there because I just was, I had no idea what I was going to experience. And I think it's that, that joy that comes from, I've, I've never seen this before, or I've, I've seen it in pictures, which we all agree pictures never do it justice when you really experience it and you, you smell the dirt, like that you're, you smell like the desert rain or you hear the river or you hear like critters or animals, like being completely immersed in those places. I mean, how can you not feel elated, you know? When you're outside, do you have anything in the headphones? Are you bringing books or something for the Kindle? Or is it just pure, just time to think and meditate? For, for the most part, with the exception of some of these longer runs, um, I like to push myself and see how long I can be without any type of entertainment. Um, because it is. It, eventually, when you get into a groove, it is a meditative state, kind of. You find that pace. and whether it's hiking or running, you're able to just kind of be and let go of some of some of the hassles or things of life. Um, and so that definitely um, is why I do it. So I'll, I'll push myself. I mean, I made it like five hours the other day without anything, which is good when you're out there that long. Um, but I don't put in headphones. Not an advocate for that. I think it makes you unaware of what can be around you. And there are some dangers um, out there that you, d you just don't want to come across or be surprised by. So um, I don't ever advocate for headphones. I do sometimes put like a podcast in my, in my like best pocket so I can hear something and have some entertainment. Or I do play music um, before dawn if I'm ever doing a, an alpine start because I don't want animals to come join me. <laughs> So what's next? What goals, projects, plans for 2021 in an idyllic situation? Well, uh, like I said, I'm heading down to Arizona this weekend. And I'll be spending some time with my family there, but I'm attempting rim to rim to rim at the end of the month. So I, I just did my longest training run yesterday, and I've been focused on trying to get enough elevation gain every week so that I could keep my body strong enough to do it. Um, so I will be doing that on the 29th of March and then taking a little hiatus from, from running. Hopefully my body recovers well, um, have a pack raft. So I'd like to, to raft a few mild, mellow rivers <laughs> as the runoff comes. And, uh, and then a lot of CDT. So continental divide trail segments this summer what i'm hoping for um the san juans down in the southwest part of colorado are just stunning 
And I was lucky enough to be out there last summer and I'd like to get out there and explore more of those trails this summer too. On your rim to rim to rim plan, what's the duration of that journey? Uh, my sister's <laughs> group of friends did it in like 17 hours with all their stops and everything. So um, I'm hoping that is the maximum time that I will do it. So I'm going solo. Um, I'll have a, a spot finder so that my family and friends know how to locate me just in case anything happens. Um, it's about 45 miles and approximately 10,000 feet of gain. So drop down the South Rim, run across up the North Rim, and then back down across and up again. So could could be a really interesting adventure. I've actually never been into the Grand Canyon, even growing up in Arizona. So I'm very excited for being down in it. I've seen it from above. Well, I'm excited to see all of the gorgeous pictures that you're no doubt going to take. How can people stay up to date with all of your outdoor explorations? How can people follow you? Um, I am on Instagram, Karen J. Schroeder. So it's just me out in the wild, seeing pretty things and showing people that there's cool places to explore. This was awesome. This was fantastic. Made my day. Oh, same. Thank you so much. Great to have it. Great to have somebody. I've like talked to kids all day, so it's great to talk <laughs> to a grown up. I hear you. <laughs> Thank you for a day. We'll talk again. Bye-bye. Bye. Have a good one. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Wasn't she fantastic? We're going to bring her back very soon because she's got some exciting stories of her time in Asia that I would love for everyone to hear. Be sure to give her a follow on Instagram. She is a fantastic follow. Lots of great outdoor content and you can stay up to date on her rim to rim to rim was that for rim to rim to rim to rim excursion at the grand canyon my new book curiosity is currently available on amazon curiosity celebrates the knowledge that strangers have to offer everyone has unique expertise and endless wisdom awaits the perpetually curious featuring 200 episodes from the any given runway show curiosity explores the diverse lives of athletes adventurers and performers from daring voyages across the atlantic to unforgettable performances in the west end curiosity celebrates the sophisticated thing we call life Everyone has a story. Each person is a scholar. Thank you for listening. Fill up that passport. I'll see you on the road. Adiento.